This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast headquarters for real estate sales professionals just like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught Everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And speaking of somebody who's making more money by doing the exact opposite, we have the lovely Cynthia Uloa on the line, fearless agent, new fearless agent coaching student. How are you, Cynthia? I'm good. How are you, Bob? I'm fantastic. Now, Cynthia, Ramon, you know how people get on the podcast. They make the mistake of calling me the morning of the podcast while the I'm exact drunk. wrong time. Exact wrong thing. So well, Cynthia, now I know, Bob. Yeah, that's now lesson learned for <laughs> Cynthia. So now, and then she calls me and she has the most complicated deal in the history of real estate. And I thought, what better topic? This should be interesting. Oh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to need a spreadsheet to keep track of this deal. Oh, that's going to be exciting. But for, she gets uh, to learn every lesson. Every lesson in one deal. So oh Cynthia now Cynthia knows this, but we always start the podcast and the coaching calls with what I like to call the headlines of the day. Cynthia, do you like the headlines of the day when we do those on the coaching calls? Yeah, crickets. Some of them are crickets. <laughs> no, she didn't immediately say yes. It's my favorite thing. No, no, she didn't. Here's here's I'm I got two headlines of the day. Number one, Antifa, Antifa did not show up to the Sturgis Spiker rally. That's a surprise. Shocker, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. I didn't – who would have seen that coming? OK. Here's one. A study – I love these studies. By the way, do we have any sound effects for the headlines of the day? We do indeed. Hold on. Here we go. Cynthia loves the sound effects, I bet. Yeah. Here we go. OK. A study – Love the studies, found that napping increases your creativity. So, Ramon, you're going to need some creativity to sell that napping idea to your boss, I think. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Sound effects. That's enough of that crap. Now we're going to get down to real estate. So, Cynthia has – now, let me see if I, if I got the story straight. Okay, Cynthia. And you're in Manchester, New Hampshire. Am I right? Yep. What's the outdoor temperature today in Manchester, New Hampshire? Um, 90-something. It's pretty hot oh, today, actually. Oh, wow. That's hot. It's enough to yeah. melt your lobster roll. So, um, and I've been to Manchester, New Hampshire. It is lovely. So you have <laughs> a seller who is also a buyer. The seller yeah. is buying a FISBO. Mm-hmm. Right, and you are the agent on both ends of that, and then you have a buyer that's buying your seller's property that's represented by a different agent. Correct. So, so it's a yep. little daisy chain of fun here, and then the close of escrow is coming up in about uh, so many days. So um, now the seller is buying a house uh, or the 
Sellers House. Where's the Sellers House? What what state is it in? It's in Massachusetts. And in Massachusetts, you do have to have an attorney, or you do not have to have an attorney. Yes, you do have to. Have you do. An attorney. So the attorney writes the the realtors put it together. The attorney does it, and then the seller chose that attorney. She did because it was a family friend. We're not going to name any names here. And mm-hmm. then the attorney screwed some stuff up. And thank God you didn't choose that attorney. But if you had chosen a different attorney, it wouldn't have got messed up. So the moral of the big story here is that there are no problems in real estate that large amounts of non-refundable earnest money will not fix. So everybody listening, please write that down. There are no problems in real estate that large amounts of non-refundable earnest money will not fix. So – Cynthia uh, writes – oh my gosh, I've got my phone ringing here. Aren't we supposed to take care of them? We have, where are my handlers? Don't I have people for that, Ramon? You're the producer. I'm on the other side of the glass. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the, he's in a little padded cell as I like to call it. <laughs> so uh, Cynthia, unlike you, is not working from a padded cell. So the, uh, the problem was the buyer – you correctly asked for non-refundable earnest money in the amount of $4,000, correct? Mm-hmm. So she had to tell the attorney how to write that up because attorneys don't know how to do that in real estate. So $4,000 of absolutely, irrevocably, indisputably non-refundable earnest money. The buyer was getting a conventional loan – and if they had been getting an FHA or a VA loan, you could not have non-refundable earnest money. So everything was fine until that lender found out that that buyer was too broke to do business with and they switched to an FHA loan and the attorney had written up the offer, the purchase contract incorrectly, which allowed them to switch loan programs. Have I got the story straight? You sure do. Mm-hmm. So then, now where we're at is the the loan amount is not, or the earnest money is not gonna. It is gonna be refundable, sadly. And so I just want to make make sure that everybody on the call learns that lesson. If you write an offer in America, there's earnest money. It says here's the earnest money amount, not the down payment, but the earnest deposit or a some sort of deposit they would call it. And if that is refundable, what good is it would be my argument. So after the inspection is over, if they've agreed all that and then a couple of weeks go by and the appraisal comes in low because the appraiser happened to be nuts, then should the buyer get their earnest money back? My argument would be no. They should not get their earnest money back because you're promising to buy my house. If I take my house off the market and I can't sell it to other people, you're compensating me for taking it off the market with earnest money. So it's a good idea to make the earnest money non-refundable. In an FHA or VA transaction, you can't do that. And for that reason, I personally would discriminate against FHA and VA buyers, not veterans because you can pay cash and be a veteran and buy my house. But the FHA VA loan is something I would not participate in if I didn't have to and, of course, I don't have to. So you did that right. The 
the attorney screwed it up. Now you find your seller a house to buy. It happens to be a for sale by owner, correct? Mm-hmm. She, Cynthia. I was cold calling and found the for sale by owner. Really? Tell me about that. What is well, this cold calling your people live. speak of? Uh, she told me she wanted to live in this particular condo association. So I said, okay, I'll call, I'll call them and happened to come across this guy that said he was going to be selling for sale by owner. There was no convincing him of, you know, I'll represent you. Plus, I didn't want to represent both sides anyway. My purpose was to find her something she could buy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, doesn't happen often, but it did for this, you know, in this situation. And she liked it. It was the first property we even looked at. And, you know, we put an offer, everything, got it accepted and everything. And, yeah. So now everybody listening is going, Cynthia Uloa, uh, she is a hard worker. Oh, my gosh. She was willing to make cold calls to find a place for the, her seller to buy. So they probably they probably want to refer business to you. Wouldn't you th- assume that, Cynthia? <laughs> that would be nice. Ramon knows it's true. He's shaking his head yes. <laughs> I'm shaking my head over a podcast. Yeah. Yes, which just doesn't work. <laughs> if we had video, that would work. So you can call Cynthia in Manchester, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, <laughs> New Hampshire, as opposed to an old hamster. <laughs> yeah, in New Hampshire, six zero three eight nine seven ninety two thirty five. Toll free day or night to refer sellers and buyers to her. Now, she will do a great job. So you cold call, you run across the for sale by owner. She does everything right. She says she makes him sign a piece of paper that says, you're paying me a commission, but I don't represent you. So he understands you don't represent him and you represent only the seller. So you did all of that right. And turns out he, thank goodness, is flexible, right, on the closing date mm-hmm. yep. and a nice person and all that. So that's the good news. Now, the uh, did you call the lender by the time I last talked to you, since I last talked to you? Yes, I did. What did they say? Well, I asked him the magic question. Which uh, was? You want me to say what the question was? I would. On a scale well, of I drink coffee. Do we have sound effects for coffee? We do indeed have the sound effect for <laughs> I the was coffee. Wondering, Hold I think on, we need... here we go. There you go. Do we get paid for that? Nope. <laughs> we should. Okay. Go ahead, Cynthia. So the question was, on a scale of 1 through 10, what are the chances of you closing this if we give you more time? And what did he say? He initially said 8, and then he said 7.5, and and then he said, well, it can go either way, but next week I would have a better idea. (laughs) And I have more details. About that, if you need. Oh yes, let's. Anything we have time to kill here. We really need details. So he said he that they've received large deposits. So I try to dig deep as to what amounts and what's going on. He's like, and it was cash deposits in their accounts. Cash deposits, which means they're running a poker room or uh, there's some sort of a drug deal going on or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But there's three. So initially, this started out with two, pre-approved buyers, and then it turned into them having to have a co-signer. So not only do they have to look at the bank accounts for one, they have to look at, at the bank accounts for three. 
Turns out all three of them are large deposits. Um, one of them has <laughs> this family is mobbed up. Fourteen thousand cash deposit, three thousand cash deposit. Another one has thousand eight hundred, twelve hundred, and then the other one has like very specific. He said ten thirty one, as in a thousand thirty one, a thousand three hundred thirty four, a thousand one hundred and twenty, all within a month. So he says he needs to source that income, mm-hmm. and he also needs to, com- you know, verify employment with their employers because they had uh, decreased income at some point because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, the did you ever find out that there was a co-borrower prior to this last call? Oh no, we when we accepted the offer, there was no co-signer. I know that, but did you ever hear about a co-signer before 10 minutes ago today? Yes. When was that? Weeks ago? Probably, yes. Okay. So one little rule in real estate that I believe your attorney doesn't know is that if the contract is changed in any way that would be to the detriment of the uh, seller. In other words, if you claim you're going to be a cons- uh, conventional borrower and you're, let's say you happen to be competing against other offers, were there any other offers in this case? Yes. Okay. So when you're competing against other offers, let's say one of them is VA, one of them is FHA, you have a conventional and the conventional is putting 10% down, which these people were. And then you've got this FHA guy with 3.5% or something like that, and the VA with 0% down. Then you would say, oh, it's a, it's even, even at a slightly different price, I'm going to be better off with the 10% down conventional guy because I can get non-refundable earnest money and they're more likely to go through with the transaction. If they change their story after you're under contract and then they say, oh, I need a cosigner – then you would say, well, if I had known that, I would have gone with one of the other offers maybe or even a cash offer at a lower price because I know they can go mm-hmm. through with it. So you, you mm-hmm. cannot change the contract to the detriment of the seller. Now, if you're going to change lenders and there's no detriment to the seller whatsoever, uh, you can get away with that. But it is a voidable contract on, to the seller if you do anything that increases the cost, which switching to FHA, which your borrower did, that, that's a reason that your seller could back out if they wanted to, except that you're a, the attorney wrote it up incorrectly, which did, in fact, allow them to do that. Do you right. have that in front of you that you could read that so everybody knows what I'm talking yeah. about? Read the thing he wrote wrong. Yep. Give me one second. I'm going to pull it up. Now we need more sound effects. Tick, tock, tick, tock. <laughs> we can't afford anymore. That was well, that's it. right. We're our budget. We're way over, over budget, budget now, effects. actually. You know, if we had Folgers oh, as a sponsor. Oh, she has it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so it says, in order to help finance the acquisition of said premises, the buyer shall apply for a conventional bank or S- conventional bank mortgage. Yeah, for a conventional bank. So they're going to qualify to buy a bank, mortgage. evidently. Okay, so the yeah, not only is the attorney uh, not good as an attorney, but he also does not speak English <laughs> generally, is all I'm saying. So that's okay. Uh, he's in the wrong business. And then it said or, which is where the problems or, begin. 
Yep. Or other institutional mortgage loan of up to X. Which means that they could get FHA, VA, hard money, anything. Yep. So that's where the mistake was made. So uh, that's what doesn't allow your seller to back out. So for those of you who work in states like New Hampshire, New York, where you have an attorney on every deal, uh, you want to choose attorneys that, uh, number one, speak English, number two, and this guy is an actual real estate attorney. I asked her before if he, if he was a divorce attorney doing a little something on the side. Uh, but that is uh, – I would call that malpractice. That's not good. So, By the way, this is a mass attorney, not New Hampshire. Oh, a Massachusetts like New attorney. Hampshire doesn't require. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had that wrong. So it's Massachusetts is where the sellers have. And you're licensed in 12 states. Isn't that the problem? <laughs> I wish. Are you licensed in two no, states? No, just two, New Hampshire mm-hmm. and Mass. Okay. So Massachusetts requires attorneys. Manchester, New Hampshire does not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, now the thing is screwed up and... So the lesson to learn here is what are we going to what are we going to do going forward cuz it is complicated. So you've got four people to talk to and you've already talked to one of them. So you talk to the lender for the buyer that's buying your seller's house. He told you that and that sounds shaky, so you're going to give that information to your seller. You talk, so you're going to have to talk to your seller, and you're going to have to talk to your seller's seller, the buyer, of the mm-hmm. uh, FISBO. Uh, so you're going to beg the for sale by owner for more time, uh, and then you're going to talk to your seller and tell her what her options are, and then you've already talked to the lender. So just just for people that have a complicated thing like this, it was a good idea for you to talk to the lender first. Because if you had talked mm-hmm. to the lender and the lender said, oh, no, there's no way I can ever make a loan with these uh, borrowers, they're complete flakes, you wouldn't have already wanted to talk to your seller and give her a scenario where there might be hope. So doing things in the right order. So I would say in a, in a complicated thing like this, take like three by five cards or little notepads and write down the conversations that need to happen. And then you can reorder them and say, which – which is a prerequisite for the other one. And then um, you also mentioned to me that your seller was uh, suffers from anxiety and she's going to freak out and all of that. That's a separate issue that you, you don't want to talk about because you have to tell the truth no matter what her anxiety level is. You have to tell tell her what's going on as soon as you know it to be going on. Tell her what her options are. So – her options are, in this case, to um, – and again, the FISBO could go away and it wouldn't matter because she's not going to be homeless. There are other places to buy or rent for her. What was her real reason for selling, by the way? Um, so she owned a single-family home and that was too much maintenance for her. So she's moving into a condo. Okay. So it was too much maintenance. She can live her life. Money-wise. Because you can buy lawn maintenance and so it was just she didn't want to pay for all that, right? Yeah, and like just I guess the house is older and just needed stuff right. and she just doesn't want to pay all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it was a money thing. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, mm-hmm. she can go buy another condo if this guy doesn't work out or he won't wait for her. So um, the idea is that you want to tell her what her options are. So the, what, where we're at is the buyer, the attorney wrote the offer wrong. And for that reason, she will not be getting the 4000 of non-refundable earnest money, which she is entitled to, had he written it right. So that's, that's not going to happen. In, if they go through with the purchase through some miracle, she will get all the money, of course. So the, her choices are, do I agree to delay the closing and gamble that these buyers are going to be able to go through with it? Or should I pull the plug now and go find another buyer? Now, your asking price was three fifty nine, And how many Nine. days was it on the market? I think it was three or four. And how many showings did you have on the last day? Probably around 15. It was a, it was a hot property. Okay. So if you went back on the market at 349.9, you know you would have cash offers and be able to bid them up higher than you even did on this one very quickly. So it's kind of low risk from that standpoint to pull the plug. So that would be my advice. If the seller said to you or to me, what, should, what do you think I should do? I would say I would pull the plug on this buyer knowing that I might lose the for sale by owner property, which could happen either way, and then very and then go back on the market at 349.9, which would get me a lot more offers. Very quickly, I'd have a cash offer. I need a cash offer that's willing to buy it as is, no home inspection, close quickly. And, uh, and it's possible that you could even – Maybe if he had a cash offer, you could close it as quickly as you are on this one and not delay. That is possible. It's not It's not unthinkable. It's unlikely, but it's not unthinkable. So that's one option. And then the other option is to stick with this buyer who has proved themselves to be flaky, knowing that you're not going to get any earnest money when they do bail out, if they bail out, and uh, and just take that risk. See what she says, mm-hmm. but if she says, what would I do, I would say I would pull the plug and get rid of this buyer and go get a new one. So – and she trusts you 100 percent and will do whatever you tell her to do, I think, right? Mm. <laughs> There's some doubt. <laughs> There's some doubt I don't know, Bob. She, she, she has a, an uncle oh, that boy. used to do real estate. And lives in Florida. In an asylum. She gets advice from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know that she will absolutely do. <clears throat> well, I would remind her okay. that it was a family friend who was the attorney that boobed this whole thing up in the first place. So she's been taking advice mm-hmm. from bad people who she uh, respects more than you, and that has not served her well. Mm-hmm. It's called I Told You So in a nicer uh, – kind of a nicer way. So what would you what would you do, Cynthia? By the way, Cynthia, you are from the Dominican Republic. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. I have no Dominican Republic jokes, which is odd. Isn't that odd? I know. You told me that. You had all kinds of jokes. I need to find some. Thankfully, you don't have any right now. <laughs> 
I only know of one famous person from the Dominican Republic, uh, Sammy Sosa. Do you know who Sammy Sosa is? What about Sammy? David Ortiz? You don't know Ortiz? Big Poppy? Who? Uh, you're clearly not from Bo- Yeah, Yeah, the Red Sox used to. I know nothing about okay. My wife would know these people. She's a sports junkie, but I know nothing. No, can't help you with those guys. So what are you inclined to recommend your seller to do? I am inclined to suggest that we wait until Tuesday mm-hmm. until we have – Lunder said he would have a better idea on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is kind of close to the, the closings on Thursday. So I don't know. That's going to be cutting it way too close. Mm-hmm. But he said he would have a better idea then, and I feel like we would have an easier time deciding what to do with a more, you know, confident lender or the other way around. Now, the other thing we do on this show is the shameless plug. We do need sound effects for the shameless plug. I'll work on that. Work on the shameless plug sound effects. So if any of this stuff that we talk about here at the podcast makes sense to you listening and you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, if you would like to learn more, and earn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do, if it would be a good fit. Cynthia, uh, it's easy to get a hold of me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Unless I'm eating breakfast, time. then we have to stop everything if I'm eating breakfast. But, uh, and, <laughs> but I love talking to realtors. Don't think you're bothering me. Please do not email me or text me. Always call because that's where the money is at for you guys. So if you can't afford coaching, but you wish you could, you can go to fearlessagent.com, watch our free webinar. It's about 45 minutes long. Take lots of notes. You can go to the speaking page in the menu bar. There's about a 25-minute video there. That would be helpful. And the free videos on our website would be way better coaching than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. Um, And... uh, if somebody was thinking about doing fearless agent coaching or not, what would you tell them, Cynthia? Well, I drink more coffee. I would say it's it's something you should consider because it's very inexpensive for the amount of time. No, don't say that because we're raising the price. Don't say that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Get in before they raise the price. That's yep. what I would say. That's right. <laughs> Now, uh, so you and you are a and you are not afraid of the phone and doing prospecting. You're great on the phone. I happen to know. I, yeah, I already did it before. So, did you do it before? What were you doing before? Yeah, I was um, circle prospecting. How many listing um, appointments do you schedule a week on average when you're not going through the nightmare of this deal? Well, it seems like one. I've been like on one each week, except for this week. I don't have any. You've gone on, you've, on average. You've attended one listing appointment a week? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Last week I had. Oh, you know what? Maybe not. Well, what? Maybe what? twice a. Twi- maybe two a month. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, what we want you to do is schedule five listing appointments a week. And how good are you at uh, – do you, do you start every day? What time do you start calling every day? 
I should be on by nine. Okay, and then who do you call first? You're not going to like this answer. No, um, I want the honest I answer. I do follow-ups, and then I do, um, I just do the cold calls after. I, don't, I have not gotten into because those are expired yet. Okay, I want you to try something new then, okay? Because our goal is to get your... Is that because you are fearful of Fizbo's and expireds? Oh, no. I got my first listing out of an expired. Oh, so let's quit doing that because we know it works. You know, yeah, why the do only you... thing is... Go ahead. The only reason why I haven't done it is because there's a technical problem, I guess you could say, with connecting my MLS to uh, the RedX, which is the... the the version of Mojo that I use. Okay. Um, Red X is unrelated to Mojo. It's a thing kind of like Mojo is what you meant, right? Yep. It's a a software that's just like it. Uh It's not just like it. It's a competitor. Different company, (laughs) just same thing. Yeah, competitor. So I would, I would recommend, I would recommend this to you. So is when you can start calling your sphere, asking for referrals first. Then go to any new for sale by owners, if there are any, that you have never dialed their phone number before. Then go to any new expireds or canceleds. Uh, you also could go to – do you have reverse lookup in Red X? Uh, I believe so. Okay. So you could just search the MLS for expireds and – have the it will deliver you the new ones every day that meet your criteria, and then you could look them up in reverse lookup, which is essentially what that's they're the, doing. I think that's my what I might do because that way I can control the properties that I would actually want to list. Sometimes right. there's stuff in there that I'm just like I don't even want to bother with that. Yeah, because they're I mean? too far, or they're too much a condo, or too much no equity, too, or too yeah. too new, too or crappy, too yeah, built yeah. built last week, or something like that. So the yeah. uh, uh, that would allow you to do that, and then go to your follow up calls, and then just cold call until your butt falls off. Mm-hmm. Try that for a week, and then report your numbers to me. Okay. Sure. Okay. Did you have fun on the big show here? Just lie yeah, and say yes. Was- <laughs> <laughs> she she's, is the most thoughtful person. She thinks before she answers every question. Something I need to try once in a while. No, no. You wouldn't want to speak with my sister. Oh, my God. Is she hot? Yes. See, that's how shallow I am. <laughs> See that? First thing I that remember. It's so shallow. Well, let me ask you, do you think I'm hot? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, if, if I was a woman, I would think you're hot. Why, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is wearing a mask, I should say that. And it's a hockey <laughs> mask, true. sadly. Okay, Cynthia, we had fun, didn't we? Yes. So <laughs> there she goes. There's another pause. So you have to think about I it. I thought about it again. <laughs> I want to thank you, Cynthia, for being on. And again, you can refer your buyers and sellers to Cynthia Uloa in Manchester, not Man, not Manhamster, Manchester, New Hampshire. And you can call her at 603-897-9235. And once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can also subscribe to our videos at fearlessagent.tv. 
You can call me directly at 480-385-8810 and do a complimentary coaching call. And please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you saw it. And until next week, we always do three things, right, Cynthia? Yeah. Awkward pause. <laughs> Have fun. Be humble. And above all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh.